Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discuss during the narrative game should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. And now, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The Narrative Game. Joining me, as always, is the only one of us that knows anything about the narrative (laughs) and can answer the questions instead of asking them, my good friend, Dr. Ben Hunt. Ben, how are you? I'm, I'm, you know, Grant, I'm doing okay. But just okay. It's, it's It's a very rainy day, pretty chilly up here in New England. You know, all the trees have given up their leaves. Uh, only the only the fungi are happy, right? If you go for a walk, you only see these big patches of you know dark mushrooms. And of course, we've got the election uh, coming up next Tuesday. I'm not sure when this 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 podcast will well, come we'll out. We'll get it out before then, that's for sure. Because you- fantastic! Oh, please, <laughs> please, please. And you know, markets, which I spend a lot of my time as do you looking at, they're swinging from pillar to post and uh, in a in just a you know, in a way that I, I, I think we talked about this the last time, I keep expecting this gulf between real world and market world to somehow yeah. miraculously narrow, but it only gets wider. And then, look, we've, we, we've, got, we've got COVID. Uh, and I don't personally have no one in my family does. We're, we're, we live out in the woods here in Connecticut. We're, yeah. we're, we're trying to stay safe and be safe for our neighbors. But man, you you look at what's happening in 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 Europe. You know, Europe's got you know they're a crystal ball for the United States, particularly in our Midwest and in Mountain West areas. I, I mean, it's just it's just an all out um, epidemic, it really is. And and we we have a national government who has made it national policy to um, to, to to let the fire burn. And uh, to 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 try to do something with vaccines, therapeutics, at some point in the unknown future, and it's just uh, I feel a nervous energy. I, I think everyone in the states, probably everyone in the world, feels feels a nervous energy right now that I haven't felt before. So uh, you ask how I'm doing, man. I've I've poured myself a glass of wine here, Grant. I'm I'm going to do a little. Uh, day drinking for our uh for, for our narrative talk here well you know it's 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 funny isn't it we we do seem to have reached that point where it it, it feels like the culmination of something is is upon us and, and whether that's just us feeling like you like you just described so beautifully they're just kind of hemmed in by all this stuff going on and, and it feels climactic but of course we we have a date in the diary now which everybody can and will focus on whether they want to or not, which is which is next Tuesday and and the and the U.S. election. Well, let's focus on that a second, Grant, because I, I think you're right that, and this is this is the hallmark of again what I describe as narrative world. Uh, narrative world works in these I'll call them cinematic arcs, right? They they really are like a movie script. That's how narrative world works. <clears throat> so that 
act one will come up, you know, it'll be a three act play. That's, that's, you know, there, we have these uh, structures for the creation of uh, popular, popular culture like movies, right? Where, where you have the, the three act structure, you know, you introduce the conflict, you accelerate it, you resolve it, et cetera. Well, these structures exist in Hollywood and popular culture that makes a lot of money because it's the way that human beings work. It, 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 is, yeah. it is, and I mean this literally, I'm using the word literally in its correct literal sense. We are hardwired to respond to stories that have this sort of structure. We are hardwired to look for that uh, climactic event, as you're talking about, right? And when it's associated with a, a date certain, then that 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 is absolutely part of 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 how narratives are constructed and the way that we are that we biologically respond to these events. But here's the thing, Grant, and this is what I mean about the gulf between real world and and I said market world, but let's talk about real world and narrative world. Narrative, you know, filling the gap mm-hmm. between what's real and and what we experience in our heads. Look, of, of course, all the stuff we're talking about, none of this ends on November 3rd or November 4th. None of, none of it ends, right? So, you know, and, and I don't just mean the, the, the occupant of the White House, right? I, I mean, even in that very kind of narrow sense, uh, the current occupant will be uh, the future occupant until, you know, late January, uh, and that's that that means something when you have a real world epidemic that is in fact uh you know not even no one's even pretending to try to 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 halt it or stop it uh in 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 this country so you know more 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 forward thinking none of this ends in the sense of the the widening gyre the polarization the 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 fact that uh in the in the u s at least there are, in fact, two different sets of facts on which people operate. Uh, we wrote a recent note about this, looking at the the there there are two entirely different sets of facts that yeah. are reported and focused on and become that narrative uh, for you know whether you are you know seen as a member of the red tribe or the blue tribe. So you're you're absolutely right, Grant, that we all have in our heads this this sense that oh we're going to have this 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 outcome next Tuesday, and there's a lot of anxiety around that. Um, but the 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 bigger anxiety I have, the much more profound anxiety I have is that none of this stops on November fourth. Let me, let me let me make one last comment about this because it's it's you know it's uh, I've got my dog-eared copies of Brave New World in 1984 <laughs> right. you know that I, that I keep by my 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 desk and there's this wonderful scene in 1984 where uh, Winston is at the end where you know he's he's been broken he's been broken and of course the last line is that. He loves. He, he loves, realized he, he loves won. Big Brother, he right? Won, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. But the the, the scenes just before that are that um, Winston is listening to the radio announce uh, the uh, big news is coming. Big news is coming for the war with 
whether it was Eurasia or East oh, Asia, yeah. you know, whoever they were fighting at the time. And he's sitting there at the bar having his bad vodka. You know, that's what they, they drank in, in 1984. Cheap bathtub vodka. And, uh, and he's very anxious. He hears the announcement. Oh, there's a big announcement coming about the war, the progress in the war. And, and Orwell writes it so beautifully, describing the, just the, the, the pure anxiousness, right, that, that, that Winston is feeling about this announcement. And then, of course, the announcement comes out, and it's a victory. And it's yeah. like, oh, whew, you know, all that anxiety. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank goodness, right? And so much about what I think we're, we're experiencing in terms of these events like the election next, next Tuesday, you know, we're like Winston, you know, we've, we've been telling there's going to be a big announcement next Tuesday. And, uh, you know, a lot of you are going to be upset, but then a lot of you are just going to be so happy and relieved when, of course, in truth, the war goes on. (laughs) There's, you know, there's, there's no real respite here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so true. You know, you know, as we as we head into this um, election, one of the things I was curious to to talk to you about was the prevailing narrative as we go in, because it 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 seems to me as though it's the same narrative almost identically as we saw in twenty sixteen. It, it's it's Trump is no longer a challenger; he's the incumbent, but it's the same narrative. If you look at the media. They're all, you know, Biden's chances of winning are almost exactly the same as Hillary's were up in the 90th yep. percentile. Yep, 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 um, yep. And, and I'm seeing the same kind of grassroots reporting of, of what's actually happening on the Trump side of things, which leads me to believe that he may well win this again. And I'm just curious, when you look at the narrative, am I imagining that it's we're basically seeing the same fight going on uh, again, or, or am I missing some nuance to it? Because which is eminently possible. Well, I, I, I mean, I mean, are there nuances? I, I, I mean, of, of, of course there are. But, but I think you're right. In this is the same, the same script, uh, because it it was a successful script for Trump. And I and I think he's, you know, I think he's a very savvy politician and realizes this is the, the script to follow up on. Uh, you know what? What are the differences? The differences are, uh, I, I think Biden is actually a much more likable candidate than than than, yeah. than Clinton was. Uh, I think that it's, you know, COVID both has has led to an election that, in many respects, has already taken place. I mean, tens of millions, I think something like 60 million votes have already, probably not 60 million votes, that doesn't sound right, but it could be, something like 60 million votes have already been cast, right? So in that respect, the, 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 the election's already occurred, and we're, it's, like, it's like seeing the light from a distant star. You know, you have to wait yeah. the time yeah. for right. the, the, the light to, to, to get to you. And I, I feel like in many respects that, you know, the election has already happened <laughs> and we're just kind of waiting for that light to reach us when those, when, when those votes are counted. Uh, but by the same token, it means that there is no uh, crowd effect or appeal for, for, for Biden. Uh, I think that, that, that Trump is reprising, again, that script that worked for him with the big crowds, mm-hmm. uh, even though I think it's a, you know, 
conscienceless, you know, sociopathy to 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 put a big crowd together, uh, particularly in these areas that that are the hardest hit with with COVID. Uh, you know, you're not seeing the the Democrats aren't going to spend money or make an effort at uh, get out the vote. You know, in person, get out the vote efforts on election day this year, which is which is you know more than a nuance. That's that's a big deal. That's a big deal in turnout elections because that's what we have. We have an election that's going to be determined in, you know, call it five states. Yeah. And uh, those states depend on, on on turnout. It's not about convincing some undecided. There are no undecideds. Uh, the, the, the election is going to be determined by whether you can get your supporters up off their ass and to the polls or... You know, maybe they've already cast their vote, which uh, again is a is an enormous change in in in, in this year's vote. Uh, you know, more than the other guy can, and it's it's going to come down to that turnout in those in the, in those five states. So, I my sense is is that is that Biden uh, does win. It that that is my sense. Um, but I I I see and I feel if if. If he does not, right, or or even if it's close, frankly, um, I think the reason if he doesn't that he doesn't, or if it's close that it's close, it's because there the, these are turnout elections, and I and I think Trump is a much savvier politician in that sort of get out the vote effort. It's just funny. I was reading something that um, Jared Dillian posted on Twitter. Uh, I think it was this morning, maybe last night. Um, just talking about this this idea that uh, they were expecting a 65% turnout for this election, which is great, and more people are voting and more people are getting involved. And he made the point, which I think he was quoting somebody else, um, but talking about how this is actually not necessarily a good thing because generally speaking, when less people vote, it's because a lot of people's lives aren't impacted by politics. And, and previous times when there's been a low turnout, like 1996 was a 49% turnout. And yet we then went on this 10 year run of relative political calm in the, in the, in the Clinton administration, apart from personal stuff, but you know, yeah. markets were calm. The world was calm. The United States was calm. Uh, and he was just making that point that the more people are energized to vote, it actually necessarily perhaps means that things are actually worse rather than better. And it may cause more problems than it solves. What, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think, I th- you know, I like Jared, and, and I think in general he's he's right that, um, you know, I think there was another quote, I forget who wrote this, uh, Toynbee or maybe something like that, that the happiest times in, you know, in history are when the history books are, are silent. Blank. Exactly. <laughs> right? The pages exactly right? Exactly right. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and, and I think there, 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 there's, there's a ton of truth to that, a ton of truth to that. That said, I think that our world has gone down a wrong path uh, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, uh, for liberty and justice for all, for for other yeah. things that that you know have also been written in the past that I believe very strongly in. And that's not just a last four years thing; that's a last forty years thing. Uh, so I I. I I understand that the 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 fact is I I think that these are uh, times that demand 
political participation. I think the tragedy will be if whatever car alarm has woken you up in the year 2020, right? Whether it's the election, whether it's COVID, whether it's uh, uh, social justice, whether it's you know violence, what what whatever car alarm has gone off in 2020 that's woken you up this year, and and I think that has woken <laughs> those car alarms have woken up an enormous yeah. amount of yeah. people, which is why we're seeing such political participation expressed as a vote. My biggest fear, right, is that people will go, "Phew, all right, did my part. Yeah. I." I did my political participation. I voted in this event. And now tell me what the results are, right? Because I'm very anxious about this result, yeah. right? I'm, I'm, you know, it's, 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 it's Winston in 1984. And my biggest fear is that whatever the result is, and, and let's, let's, let's use the, the event being a Biden victory, right? My biggest fear is that... <laughs> The result of that will be the singing of a pleasant lullaby so that we all go back to sleep. And maybe Jared would say, oh, that's a great thing, because now we're no longer being politically active. Well, you know, Grant, I'm, I think we need to be politically active, because I do think we are, you know, the, the, the skids have been greased for... You know, what I like to refer to as the nudging state and the yeah. nudging oligarchy. I mean, that that doesn't stop, much less reverse, without politics, without, without political participation from the bottom up. And if we're told that, oh, you did your part, good job, here's a little pat on the head, good job, you went and voted just like you should every four years, and everyone goes, oh, oh that's the, that's, uh, am I a good boy? Right? That's my fear. Yeah. Right? So I, I don't, I, you know, I actually, I, I, I think there's a great opportunity here that people who've woken up in 2020 and are participating politically, that they can maintain that political participation beyond next Tuesday because it's not next Tuesday that matters. It's not this cinematic sure. narrative, you know, denouement that happens then the, the political action that matters and your vote is the least important part of your political participation, but the political participation that matters are in the, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, the decades after next Tuesday. Uh, so, Anyway, that's but, my that's my plea about political participation. But, but I'm, when you but when you talk about for it. you know you talk about this the, the nudging state the nudging oligarchy you know it strikes me as as you kind of watch certainly the last couple of decades unfold it, you, we're at this point where it feels as though the die is largely cast no matter who gets in because the the problems if, if you if you put put the politics aside for a second which isn't easy to do five days before a U.S. election. If you yeah. can put the politics aside for a second and look at what the the problems are um, in society, and for us very much as we look at it through a financial and economic lens, the problems are the same for, for either administration, and the problems are of a magnitude which at this point really dictates what the policy must be in order to try and stave off a disastrous outcome for everybody. And so I, I just I just wonder... Um, 
no matter who wins, it almost feels like they are going to be the dog, but the tail is going to be wagging them. And, and you know, that Harold Macmillan quote, events, dear boy, events, yeah. is, is what's actually going to become important. And no matter who's in, they're going to face the same set of dominoes toppling and probably be forced to do the same thing. Oh, I, I, I think that's right. I mean, you know, you've been talking about this for a while. Whoever's elected, we're going to see a, a $4 trillion, um, you know, deficit spending, fiscal spending package for, for next year. If it's, if it's Trump, it'll be the, the Make America Great Again, you know, infrastructure plan. And if it's Biden, it'll be the you know, no malarkey plan, you know, I, I, I'll, no, it'll be the green plan or something, something like that, you know, build, build back better or whatever, you know, yeah. nonsense, you know, phrase he has now. Uh, it'll be the same thing. It, it, you know, we've, 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 we've severed the cord between taxes and spending. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's true. You know, whoever's in the white house and whosoever is in, is in Congress, it'll be mitigated somewhat. If you've got, you know, one party controlling one side of the the, the Congress and, and one party controlling the other, but it's only a, a a mitigation in that regard. Okay, this is part of why I, I I think it's so important for political participation and this awareness. I don't mean wokeness; I mean being awake uh, to persist beyond beyond the election, uh, because. Look, I, I don't, frankly, I don't know what you do with COVID right now. You know, it's another thing where events, events are going to determine. I, yeah. I, I think, I think there's some mitigation that we can still do. I, I really do. Um, but I don't think either, no matter who's elected, like I say, we, we know who's going to be president through January. And even after then, there's no, there's no button you go to the, or, you know, switch on the wall, you go flip one way or another. I, it's, it it is events. I, I think the event that that we're not really focused on right now, but I think we will in twenty twenty one, is regime change all around the world, right? Uh, because I, you know, you. That's what happens, Grant. I, I mean, when you have these enormous human catastrophes in countries, and and we're seeing this all over the world, except in a few Asian countries, right? Uh, you know, you don't you don't think Putin's going to come under stress from 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 what's happening in Russia? You you don't, you don't think the Polish government's going to come under stress? Mm -hmm. you, you know, you don't think the Indian government is coming under stress? Tell the Chinese government is coming under stress. What and what happens in in these these circumstances is that the government under stress needs to find some some other, you know, with a capital O to blame. That, that could be inside your own country. And I think that's in large part, uh, you know, what the, has happened with this election. Yeah. Uh, but, but often it's outside of your country. You find that other. Uh, and I think that's going to be the story of 2021. I think it's, you know, you can talk about the, 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 the four horsemen who come galloping along. Right, I, I, I suppose in the Bible it was plague for or war first and then plague, but but yeah. I, I think I think you reverse that uh, that that order of appearance here in the real world in 2021. Well, it's interesting because uh, it, the the idea of uh, war 
as as a, a, a kind of coda to this era that we're living through is something that, I mean, I gave a presentation about that in January 2015, to, talking about this this idea. And it was, it really, and I, and I was asked a question, the first question I was asked was, are you saying there's going to be a war? And I said, no, I'm not saying there's going to be a war. What I'm saying is there's not, not going to be a war. And it's a very important distinction to make. Yeah. But, but what's happened in the, in the, what, five plus years since then is I, I've noticed people like you and, and other people I've talked to recently, much smarter than me, also talking about this now. And it's become a much more discussable topic because of yep. everything we've seen. And, and I wonder yep. how the narrative fits in around that, whether in some ways it's almost that narrative needs to be kind of stoked and kept simmering because you might just need it at some point to your to your point you made a second ago or is this a natural boiling up of of consequences that people are framing themselves into an outcome yeah nothing nothing natural about it i mean it it's a it's a conscious decision that that every government takes uh that before they start something risky like picking a fight with someone they try to mobilize public opinion mm-hmm. for that for for that fight uh, you know, you know, this is my first. God, this is so long ago. You know, I've been been working on narratives my whole professional career. This goes back thirty five years now, and uh, you know, a dissertation in a book on on this very thing. It's called Getting to War, and it was looking at lots of countries, but it was it did a real focus on the United States. And you're not you're not saying that um, public opinion in and of itself is what causes a war what you're saying what, what i'm saying is that every government of any competence they're going to try to bring the public along uh for, for for what they're doing you know you would rather have public support than not public support yeah so uh so so you really see that sort of effort it, and, it, and it is the effort that you pick up in narrative world Right, it's not. It's not that when we're looking for these sort of signals, these sort of predictive indicators, we're looking for 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 indications of effort, right? And it's and it's the the words that are used. Um, it you use a whole different set of words if you're trying to mobilize opinion. You you would you use words like should and uh, right. obviously or you know evidently or as as you know as as many people are saying right you know you know you use you use words and phrases like that as opposed to i'll, I'll call it purely descriptive xyz happened yesterday now there's there's some certain certainly a use of picking certain events rather than other events that can be used to try to mobilize opinion Right, but the, the but the way you see it in narrative analysis is really with word choice. It's these words that have affect associated with them. You know, affect with an A. That they're 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 trying to and and you know people are very good at this. Choose words for their again that that hardwired effect that they have on us. You you your latest epsilon theory piece. Um, uh, oh no! Is it? Oh no! Here it comes again. That funny feeling, right? You, yeah. where you, you talked about this. Just, just because that's literally you've only just published that. I think maybe yesterday. Perhaps yeah. you just walk people through that because because it, it does talk about it does talk about the election. It does talk about 
uh, you know, a kind of echo that you're seeing from, I guess, 2016. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the title, Oh No, Here It Comes Again, that funny feeling is uh, hey, some of, you know, you're old enough to, to, I don't know if you know this group Sadly. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah Grant, but, but uh, Camper, Camper Van Beethoven, Beethoven right? Yeah. And, and it's a very short song, but it's a wonderful <laughs> song. And it's a song about a guy, he is, you know, like I said, goes out on the porch and listens to the rain, smokes a cigarette, because the funny feeling that he's experiencing is that funny feeling that, oh no, this person I've given my heart to, this, you know, this, this person I am, you know, emotionally involved with, it's not going to work out. <laughs> it's not going to work out. And, you know, it's a funny feeling that I think all of us, if we've had enough of a life and enough of years behind us, have that, yeah. had that yep. feeling, right? Where, okay, you know, here, here, here's that funny feeling again. It's, 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 it's not going to work out this time, is it? And um, it's a wonderful song because it's an emotion. It taps into emotion that I think, again, everyone's felt. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's what I was feeling in terms of looking at this election because it was... It was a little bit earlier. It was, it was late September when I wrote the note in 2016, which was that I got a funny feeling about this. I know what the polls are saying, but I, there's no, um, you know, people talk about the enthusiasm gap, right? And that wasn't really what I was talking about in 2016. It wasn't just enthusiasm. It was that uh, what, you know, what I saw in the Democratic Party was not an advocacy for Hillary Clinton. It was a, yeah, I guess Hillary's fine, you know, but, but here's the issues I'm really interested in. Everyone was kind of, kind of it was, the, the name of that was virtue signaling. And yeah. it, I, I actually don't feel that around the Democrats and Biden this year. I, I, like I say I, earlier, I, I think Biden's more likable person. I, I, I don't. I don't see that sort of virtue signaling around support for Biden that I did uh, in 2016. But what I do see, and this is, again, largely driven by, you know, COVID and the response to it, but it's also driven by Donald Trump, I think, being a very effective, savvy, modern politician. Uh, the live crowds are important. Uh, this is why sitcoms exist. If you've ever listened to Friends, there's a whole, you yep. know, thread on the on the on the interwebs uh, where you can listen to Friends with the laugh track turned off, and it's horrifying. I, I mean, yeah. it's it's literally, you know, oh my god, this is just creepy as hell. This is this is really problematic. That that things that because the laugh track told you, oh, this is a joke, and you yep. can laugh and you yep. can react positively to it, you do. But without that track, without those social cues, it's it's legit horrifying. Uh, it's it's a funny thing to go look up. So it's it's friends without laugh track. Uh, but you know, it's why American Idol, the ratings plummeted once COVID hit because it's <laughs> it's not that the singers were any worse. The singers were great this past season, but it's the power of I like to call the it the crowd reaction. watching yeah. the crowd. Yeah. Right. Because it's you would film. Uh, American Idol in front of this big crowd screaming and reacting positively to it, not because it made the music any better, but because you, the, the larger crowd watching it at home, you react much more positively towards the entire enterprise 
of American Idol if you see that crowd reacting positively. We are, we are, and I'll use this word correctly, literally wired to respond to crowds. Yeah. This is why executions used to be held in public, right? It, 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 it wasn't so more people could see the poor guy getting hanged. It was so that the crowd could see the crowd watching the poor guy getting hanged. That's, that's the social control element of this here. So I think it does matter that Trump puts together these big crowds uh, and that Biden doesn't. I, I don't, for a second, think it would be particularly, A, I don't think Biden could get that sort of crowd. B, I think a lot of Biden voters have already voted, so why would I go to a rally when yeah. I've already voted? Uh, and, and, and third, I think it's, 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 it's um, evil, frankly, to put together a big crowd uh, in, in this environment. I, re I really do or at least sociopathic, let's say. Uh, but it, it's not the crowd. It's not the crowd that's a political advantage for Trump right now. It's the crowd, his crowd at home watching that crowd. Right, yeah. Right? That, it, 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 I, I, can't, I can't overemphasize it enough. You know, this is what drives motivation and turnout in a turnout election. It's a crowd seeing the crowd. It's the same thing around um, yard signs, right? Putting out signs for Trump or for Biden or for whoever. Uh, it makes a difference. It makes a difference because you say, oh, I'm not, I, there's, there's a crowd of people who also believe like I do. And it absolutely emboldens you then to hold those political beliefs or to express those political beliefs you already have. So I, I think that Trump will surprise in these turnout states where he is having these live rallies. Yeah. Not because the rallies themselves are important, but because the audience of Pennsylvania voters and Wisconsin voters and Florida voters see that crowd and say, yes, I'm part of that. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes an enormous difference. Now, is that enough of a difference to win? I, I still don't think so. I think it's happening too little too late. I think that, you know, if this were the conversation we were having, Grant, you know, three weeks ago, I'd have a different view. Yeah. Uh, but I think that first debate performance, you know, actually getting COVID and going to be hospitalized for it, for God's sake, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's too little too late for the election results, but it's that funny feeling I have all over again. It's that funny yeah. feeling I had in 2016, and I'm 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 kind of feeling it again. Well, you and I were together that night in San Antonio, right? We and were. We were. We and absolutely you and I were, were. Both talking about that funny feeling, and to to the great surprise of some other, some of our peers that we were chatting with, it, it was. I, I remember that very clearly. How something yep. I saw as probable rather than possible, as did you. Other people were just had completely written it off. It just it, it completely realized. Even, uh, I, I mean, yeah, we were. It was yeah for uh, an insurance company uh, had us down in San Antonio to give a talk to their yeah uh, you know, to their people. And God, what was that that hotel we're saying? It's like a Westin or something like that. It was. It was. I'm sure it was nice twenty years ago, right? It was. It was a hotel like well, that. Yeah, well, I, well, I remember. I, I I went to sleep once they called. I think Pennsylvania. Once they Pennsylvania. called Pennsylvania. Once they called Pennsylvania. That, I, I went to sleep at two in the morning or something. Yep. I woke yep. up. Same here. Uh, I woke up at five. Uh, went to get some water 
And when I swung my legs around and put my feet on the floor, there was three inches of water in the in the floor of my of my room because there had been a pipe burst, and it felt like there was some <laughs> biblical flood had swept through in the night. I'd slept. I'd, I don't know where I was. Now what was going on? It was bizarre. Um, look, one uh, one other aspect of the of the narrative I'd love to pick your brains on that I've been yeah. fascinated by this last couple of weeks, and that's the the media narrative, particularly around this um, this uh, Hunter Biden story. And I, and I don't care about the story. I want to get into the story. But I've been fascinated by the response to it by the media, the lack of coverage and the excuses for that lack of coverage. Um, and again, you know, I, I saw a piece that Matt Taibbi had written about it, which, which I thought was great. And, it, and, it, and he went to great lengths to talk about it's the suppression of information that's the problem here. Not forget which side it is. It doesn't really matter. This is the big problem that we're facing is that people are arbitrating what we should and shouldn't read and what information we should and shouldn't see. And of course, you know, I posted this and I, and I in the tweet, yeah. I said, look, put politics aside and read this because it's important. If Matt, Matt Taibbi can do it, so can we. And of course, one of the first responses I get is, oh, nice try sneaking this through. This story is a load of garbage. I'm like, it's not about the story. It's nothing to do with, forget the story. What are your thoughts on, on not the story, but this, this suppression of information and this, uh, the arbiters of who decides what's fit for our consumption? Well, I think I think two things, Grant. Uh, the the first, and, and it's you know I mentioned this earlier about the two sets of facts. Uh, you know, we we you know we like to try to measure narratives and you know the, the the articles and the language that's being used, and and what we've seen recently, and out of it, it's always been around, or it's been around for the last four or five years, but it's it's now at a level where you know it's just it's just. It's nuts is what it is, right? It's, it's nuts yeah. is what it is, Grant. But but what it is, is it's not just a difference in word choice. You know, I was describing earlier about kind of using descriptive words versus words that have affect embedded within them. Like, you know, scientists say, or, you know, uh, you know evidently, or, you know, the data shows, you know, or it, it, it it's, it's gone beyond that now so that there are two worlds of facts that are being presented, right? There's the world of, uh, of you know, Hunter Biden and the Biden family and high Biden corruption. That is the, the centerpiece of one set of facts about the world. And it's, it's, it's very much... Um, part and parcel of the media coverage of one set of media outlets. And it does not exist. Those set of facts, they don't exist in the other right. set of, right. of media outlets. And vice versa. And vice versa. You you can't find an article about, you know, COVID hospitalization rates, right? In the in the in the in the in that former set of of, of media outlets. It's <laughs> It's one of those things where, um, again, does anybody think that ends on November 4th? Are you kidding me? Right. It doesn't end. None of this ends, right? This is not a mean reverting phenomenon. This, this, this continues. And the, the other thing I want to say about it is it's part of a larger pattern where and you see this in journalism schools, you see this in, in, in every sort of media, is that uh, as, as journalists, journalists see themselves as principals, today, not as agents. 
And you saw this on great display. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, you know, Jack and the other folks who were testifying and, and on Congress yesterday, they don't see themselves as the CEO of a common carrier of a pipeline, right? They're, that's not how they see themselves. They see themselves not as an, they don't see themselves as an agent, uh, a conduit for information, right? They see themselves as a principal, someone who makes the news or decides on news flow and and, and, yeah. and what has yeah. value and, and, and what doesn't. So it's it's a great example of what I'm talking about where none of this ends. There's no cinematic climax to this story that, that we're talking about here, uh, Grant. This 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 gets a lot worse before it gets any better. And I'm not exactly sure what the better looks like. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this, you know, one one aspect of better is, is that I think that there are some regional newspapers that I think, by and large, actually do a pretty decent job of separating editorial policy, which, of course, you should write, you know, your principal views yeah, I'm saying a PAL, not PLE, principal views on, on an editorial page. Great, have at it. But that the, the the language and the selection of stories doesn't seem to have the same sort of bifurcation and mm-hmm. dual worldness that you see in every national publication. Every national media source is part of either one camp or the other with two totally different sets of facts. So I, I you know, maybe there's some hope in some of these kind of regional newspapers, if anyone actually cared about regional newspapers anymore. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thin read on which to, uh, you know, to, to, to place any hope, right? Yeah, you're right. right. I mean, it's funny when you talk about, um, you know, you don't know what the better is. Uh, it, it seems that we, we as a society, constantly move forward there are periods in time where um that forward progress like now feels like it's 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 struggling it, it it's not just going forward anymore it's kind of it's kind of vacillating around where it was but we always seem to look for the better to the past we always look for a better time in america you know it was a simpler time back then it was you know politics was less the, the politicians were less greedy the politicians were less corrupt whatever it may be how how do you kind of reconcile those two opinions that that progress is generally speaking takes you to better places, but we've had such a difficult time conceiving of a better future. Whereas yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very abstract concept, a better future. It's something that politicians tell you we're going, we're heading to a better future. Yeah, but we find it so much easier to to compare today with the halcyon days of whatever is that a personal thing because our lives were better then or was the bigger life better how do you kind of reconcile those those two competing thoughts well i i think that there's on the former there's always been this hazy warm glow that's been yeah. you know attached to the past all, the all always yeah right yeah the sepia tent and the oh you know our ancestors were you know stronger braver smarter blah 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 blah, blah right right uh so i i think that's a a, a bit of a constant. I think what is changing in regards to that, though, is the 
the way that, that history is increasingly be re, being rewritten, right? Yeah. Whether it's with canceling, you know, yep. this this person or that person, uh, whether it, I, I think that's where you see it most, you know, it's it, calling out, let's say, the the the, the narrative and the myth making of the past. Without, and this is the the point where I think is much more, which is different today, without, um, shall we say, training that same keen eye on the myth making of present. Present, yeah, yeah. Because I I do think that both the tools, the toolkit for myth making today for narrative construction, is so much more powerful, right than 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 it was. 10, 20 years ago. We, we are all plugged in to those myth-making and narrative-making tools because we've all got our little dopamine machine, you know, right next to us. I'm picking mm-hmm. up my iPhone as I'm talking to Grant. So it's, <laughs> it is what, what I've, I like to call the, the, the long now, which I know is, is used in a nice sense by, by people trying to make, you know, enormous clocks that can last for yeah. 20,000 years out in the Sonoran desert or whatever. But, what I mean by the long now is the pulling forward from the future of, you know, in economic sense, demand and, you know, growth through the leverage and the debt we take on. But in a political sense, is pulling forward from the future threat. You, you know, and, and I keep going back to that 1984 and we're at war with East Asia, or was it, was it Eurasia? You know, I don't quite remember and 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 being waiting, always waiting for that announcement of big news. You need to get really anxious about this big news. Are you anxious yet? Are you anxious? Here's the news. We're we won that battle. Isn't that great? It's like ah, oh, hooray! And so it's just all one constant present, uh, where the history is is molded depending on the 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 needs of the political and economic leaders today and the future is pulled forward uh, and that's that's where i think we are right now granted that's what i mean about how it, it I, I think we're on the wrong track i think it requires enormous political action over a period of many decades yeah. to get back to Small L liberalism and small C conservatism, both of which I think only exist in embers that we try to keep alive inside our our homes and in uh, conversations like this. Yeah, no, that's it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful way to put it. I mean, it, it does feel that way. And I, and I think there is a sense that, it, that this is a multi-decade process, which is why I think people are so discouraged because it, it doesn't feel like you, you can change anything in the now. You, you have to be committed to a fight that may go on for decades. All right, all right. I don't expect to see the end of this in my lifetime. I really don't. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm okay with that. I, I really am. But it's, I, I didn't used to. I wouldn't have been okay with it if I was 30 years old. You know, the 30-year-old me wouldn't have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, life is such a fractal, right? This is true, what we're talking about on a larger scale of political change over a period of decades. But look, it's also true over the next couple of months. I mean, we're going into the wintertime, and, you know, we're clearly getting this second wave, or whatever wave this is, of, of COVID here in the States. 
I got to tell you, Graham, my battery is pretty darn low. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm exhausted. Well, you're, and, just, and, you're and, fighting that fight harder than well, much. Well, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think everyone is. I, I mean, I'm not fighting it as hard as the person who's lost their job or is. No, no, no. You know, no, really struggling. I mean, and, and I don't take it that way. But, 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 but this is. There is a real world um, drain of our of our positive energy that has occurred over the last six months, and it looks like. We are going into an even more, um, uh, you know, challenging period for all of us. Yeah. And I, I, you know, my biggest disappointment in all of this the last six months, Grant, and this is what drains me the most, is I really thought that in the United States, this gigantic nation of so many people and, and so much talent and heart, I, in my heart of hearts, I really thought that there would be some some aspect of our representative government that would rise to the occasion. I really did, Grant. I really thought that somewhere, whether it was on a, a, a some you know a, a county somewhere or a, a a state somewhere, much less the a national government, I really thought some element of our government would rise to the occasion. I really did think it could be our finest hour. And I was so wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, and that's what drains me the most. So I, you know, I think all of us, are, our batteries are on low ebb at the time where we need that energy the most. So, you know, it's up to us and in conversations like this to generate some of that energy, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, do it for for all of us. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I I'm kind of in, in, a, in a neutral territory here. And I, and I look at what's happening in the US and I look at my home country of Britain and my adopted home country of Australia and, and I see the same, right? I see, yep. I see just a terrible, terrible display of leadership around this. And, and no matter what your views are on COVID, the leadership has been missing. I mean, wherever you look. Oh. And, and, and again, if I come back to that point I made earlier on about events dear boy events and it and it it's almost as if the leadership is absent because their options are so limited in what they can do now because of all the other problems that they're trying to juggle whether they're you know whether it's whether it's debts whether it's joblessness whatever it may be that this isn't a clean slate we have a problem here which is the pandemic we have resources available to us we can deal with this they are trying to fight all these fires that are all self-inflicted I, I i you're you're absolutely right grant but the 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 brave response to those circumstances and this is what i expected someone somewhere to do the brave response the courageous response to that is to say directly this these these are the intractable issues we are faced yeah. with here and you know, here's how I'm thinking about it. I'm you. You chose me as your leader for this. You know, so, so you know, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, it's going instead, to be tough for all of us. Yeah, yeah. In, instead, the path that's been taken, the cowardly approach that's been taken by every political leader, 
on the right, on the left, what, you name it. I'm making, there's zero distinctions here, is to use the noble lie, or sometimes the, the ignoble lie, right? To say things that you know are not true, but you're going to say them because you're trying to sell your policy. Yeah. For the greater good or for your personal, for your political good or whatever good you're trying to achieve, right? And that, and it's that mendacity that I, I think has been the most disappointing aspect of all of this, right? And, um, and, and, and they, they, these, these political leaders don't get it, but this is what is making the car alarms go off in everyone's head because we know when people are being inauthentic with us. Yeah. Right. And, and it is that lack of authenticity, that mendacity from every political leader I know that is sparking, I think this awakening. Uh, and my hope is that we'll be able to channel that for long-term political change so that we can go back and try to reclaim these small L liberal and small C conservative ideals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I keep having, um, you, you mentioned 1984 and I, and I keep thinking about, you know, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is yeah. strength. I keep, I keep thinking about it through, right. through so many pieces of this. It's, it's extraordinary. Well, look, Ben, I, I, this has been another fascinating conversation, as they always are. And look, you, I, I, I watch from the sidelines as you take on all comers over the COVID stuff. And, you know, I, I thank you for your consistency and, you know, your, your willingness to, to put up with all kinds of bullshit, frankly, from people who just, <laughs> yeah, it, it just I, I just sit there shaking my head sometimes and I just, I, I don't get it. Because uh, you know you're you're a guy with a, an enormous heart, and you're, you're you're trying to, as you said, you're trying to be the guy that does the right thing and points this stuff out. And you know, kudos to you for having the the, the balls to fight through. It. And I can see how tired you are with it all, and I totally understand why. So kudos to you for kind of keeping the fight and, and keep going forward with it. You and me together, brother. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll do this again sometime. But in the meantime, uh, all that's left is to is to thank you for joining me uh, and Ben for this last hour. Um, please uh, follow us on Twitter. You can find me at ttmygh, and you'll find Ben at Epsilon Theory. I believe I'm, I, everything's Epsilon. You got theory, it. Right, everything's Epsilon Theory all um, the time. And we'll we'll see what happens uh, after next Tuesday. Um, I've, I suspect we may have a few more things to talk about, Ben. What do you think? No doubt. No doubt. Thank you, Grant. All right, mate. See you soon. Bye-bye. You got it. Bye-bye. Nothing we discussed during the narrative game should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.